What college does Chris Traeger get a job at after he leaves in season six? Answer at the end of the episode. Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you. This is episode number 40, being recorded Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. And today I will be discussing... Uh, an article I came across recently called Parks and Rec, 10 Storylines the Show Dropped. So I'm just going to go ahead and um, yeah, just kind of read over their 10 and then um, just share my thoughts and opinions. So if you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop every Wednesday morning and can be heard wherever you find your podcast now. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. All right, so uh, just to start off with a little bit of filler, uh, I told you guys <clears throat> last week that I started watching The Mindy Project. Just a little update on that. Shows, it, it's funny. It's not my favorite, though, of the ones I've watched recently because um, I, 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 I loved New Girl which I hadn't really watched. So that, that was kind of a new one for me beyond like season two. And then, um, well, community, I've watched a bunch of times, but I, I really did like new girl. Uh, the Mindy project is, is it has a lot of similarities to, you know, Brooklyn nine, nine. And, uh, again, a uh, new girl, but I, I gotta say that guy, Danny, he's such an asshole. Like it's not even funny. I mean, I know, spoilers i'm pretty sure him and uh, mindy get together at some point and they already kind of have the will they won't they thing going that i've noticed and, and i'm i think i'm on episode 13 of season one so i'm not ripping through these as quickly as i um had been with the other shows probably just because it's uh, again I, I i think it's a good show but i'm not enjoying it as much as uh some of the things i've watched recently but uh, i do like the cast and i've noticed that pretty much every <laughs> Every like guest star on the Mindy Project has been on The Office at some point, so that's kind of cool actually. Just just seeing a lot of those actors again that you haven't maybe haven't seen in a long time, and then even some of the people on the show, uh, like one of her um, her secretaries or her receptionist, she was in an episode of The Office, and um, yeah, the cast is is pretty good, but nothing really special so far. So I, I do, I do think Mindy Kaling is absolutely hilarious. And I think her character on the show is, is definitely the, 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 the bright spot and it should be cause she's, you know, it's her show, 
But um, yeah, I just don't. The, the other guy, uh, Jeremy, I think his name is the the other doctor. He just he's just there. I mean, like they use him a lot as like a joke. You know, he's like the good looking guy. And I don't know if that's just supposed to be the joke. Like he's kind of like he's it's obviously not like he's the good looking dumb guy because I mean, he's a doctor. He's not an idiot, but he's just kind of like, I don't know. I, he hasn't done anything really relevant yet. So um, I don't know. But again, yeah, that guy, Danny, I just I don't find him funny. Actually, he, actually, he does have some funny lines. I'm not going to say that. But as a character, I or a, like if I'm judging him as a person, he just seems like a scumbag. But because he said something in the first episode, I think it was the first episode, like one of the first scenes. What, but Mindy made a, a mean joke to him. And I think that was kind of they were establishing really early on what kind of relationship these two have. Like it is almost a love hate relationship. Because she makes a joke about his ex-wife, like a really mean, like kind of like making him sound pathetic. And then he just you can tell by like his face changes, like almost like, OK, we're not playing around, are we? And then he just tells her straight up, you should lose 15 pounds. You'd look better. And, but he does it in front of a bunch of people. And it's not like him trying to be nice. It's him telling her you're overweight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just I remember when I heard that, it was just like, whoa, OK. So kind of get an idea of like the shots they'll take at each other because you do find out more that Danny he is kind of hung up on his ex-wife and I haven't met her and I'm I'm pretty sure they'll introduce her on the show at some point but anyway so I'll uh, I'll keep watching that um I also started watching The Handmaid's Tale which is a the very very popular show on Hulu uh, I, I'm sh if if you haven't heard of The Handmaid's Tale, I don't know what you're <laughs> what you're doing. But anyway, so I don't need to really explain <clears throat> to get super into it. All I am going to say though is that the show has really good acting, and I'm very very interested to see where it's going. But it is boring. It is a really really slow moving show, and I get that. You know that it, it doesn't have to be because. You know, obviously I'm an MCU fan and I love all that stuff, but that has nothing to do with that. I just, um, I don't need action, but I just, I need, I need half of every episode to not be in slow motion. Like literally people just walking like from the house to the car is in slow motion. And, uh, you know, the, what's her name? Kate Moss picking a rose from the ground has got to be in slow motion and it's got to take 20 seconds for something that should take two. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty disturbing show at times and it is, uh, it's kind of hard to fathom actually just watching what happened in the show. So a quick recap, I just said I wasn't going to talk about it, but really quickly, I don't know. I'm on season one and I'm only five or six episodes in. These are basically full hour episodes like in between 50 and, you know, 60 minutes. So they're, they're like about an hour, but anyway, there, and, and like I said before, the show is on Hulu. I believe the fourth season just finished, but I don't know yet what year this takes place, but something happened where all of a sudden, all these rules and new laws came out where women are basically just slaves. That that's, that's what they are. They, um, if they can't produce babies because something happened with genetics. So obviously it's in the future, but there's a lot of things they show us that it's maybe not a far future. I'd say maybe like within 10 years, but it's like a military state now. And there's just armed guys everywhere and it's all men. And the, the women in the world now 
are either there to produce children or they're just they're basically slaves or they're just killed for, you know, transgressions like like bullshit transgressions. So it's it's kind of disturbing to watch. And it's it's sad, like uh, yours, because you see a lot of flashbacks of their life before it got like this. And yeah, I'm really interested. Uh, one of my buddies at work who kind of told me about the show was giving me he started telling me kind of like things that were happening. So it was like I kind of had to stop him. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to check it out. So don't get too far. But I, I did hear a couple of things that I'm not going to say on here. To I don't want to spoil anything. But knowing that I am going to find out more things, more answers, things like that. So it's a really interesting show. It's got a really interesting premise, but it's just got to get going for me. Uh, and I'm not even saying like, oh, or I'm going to stop watching because I'm at the point now where I already like need to know how this is going to go. So I'll probably I'll probably keep watching. It's it's a good enough show. I don't know how um, consistently I'll stay with that. But anyway, uh, let me talk about my puppy. I told you guys last week that we got little little baby girl puppy we named her Lucy she has a handful, and I, I know I'm not. I'm I'm preaching to the choir. Everyone knows that. Pu when you get a puppy, it's almost like you're getting a, a a baby, like a human child. And so there's a lot of there's been a lot of us, my, my wife and I, waking up at you know three in the morning to have to let her out because she's whining in her crate. So, uh, but you know what? She's and she's also going through the nipping and like kind of biting phase. She's teething. So she 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 has to try out on she has to try her teeth out on every single thing, and I haven't I never had a puppy. The last time I had a dog, she was kind of given to us. It was just the, the situation was weird, but anyway, uh, my wife and I ended up kind of taking over this dog. But she was already like two or three by the time we got her, so we we had an idea. You know, she was she wasn't a puppy, so she wasn't still learning. She pretty much had everything. But yeah, so this is a lot of learning for me. My wife has grown up with dogs. She had grown up with dogs, but we haven't had a dog since the one I was talking about before. And we had to, you know, she she passed away uh, about seven years ago. and We haven't had anything since except fish. And kind of that was admittedly me just like, oh, I don't know if I want to get attached to another animal that's going to, you know, not, 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 you know, because that's a like a selfish attitude. But but at the same time, I mean, it was true, like it, that really devastated me. And it's like, if we don't need to have an animal right now, I don't want one. So since we, you know, we moved into the new house within the last year, we were really excited about finally getting a dog and she's here and it's great. But one thing that and I, I it does, it sucks. It really does suck just about having almost any kind of animal except, yeah, something that's in like a cage or an aquarium or a terrarium, whatever. The smell that comes with them, not just like poop and, and pee and stuff, because she's doing that all over the house. She's getting a little bit better, but I, I feel like the, at least the good thing is like a lot of our middle floor where we're keeping her is just, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have a wooden floor. So if she pees, it's not a big deal. I mean, like I still don't want her to, but you can just wipe it up and then, you know, spray it or just use a, um, a sanit sanitizing wipe, something like that. But it's still, it's, it's annoying, especially when you step in it, because, you know, when your sock is soaked and it's pee water, pee water, it's piss, <laughs> it's, it's pee water, you know, that kind of water. But um, and then, yeah, the the poops, too. I it's it's obnoxious and it sucks, but it's almost like when I see her do it, at least it's like, OK, she went like I know that as watching 
you just kind of try to get to it as quickly as possible, spray down the nature's miracle and, um, and, you know, wipe that, wipe that shit up literally. (laughs) So anyway, uh, and then the last thing I was going to talk about was, um, I, the other night it's Tuesday. So Sunday night, a couple nights ago, I was a guest on the flips and bumps podcast, which I haven't mentioned it on this show. I've recently kind of gotten into the flipping game, not like flipping, like, Hey, like walking down the street and people are like, look at that guy. He's flipping. And I'm just doing flips down the street, even though I used to do that. But anyway, uh, no flipping as in like buying things for like at garage sales and then selling them for what they're actually worth. Things like that. So I've, I've gotten into that. I've been doing it for the last few months and my buddies, uh, Sasha and Pee Wee, uh, not like through the podcasting world buddies. I mean, like actual buddies, like guys I, I get used to, you know, hang out with and chill and kind of grew up with a little bit. But they had this podcast and they that's what they do. They talk about because they're both flippers as well. And the show is called Flips and Bumps. It was actually an offshoot of their wrestling podcast, which I've talked about on this show. That show was called Bitter Marks. And I'm telling you, like they they actually went on hiatus for now, but they do have 140 episodes in their back catalog. So if you're ever bored and you you have like any kind of if you do like professional wrestling or even if you don't, because right now I couldn't care less about wrestling, but I still listen to their show and it's still very entertaining and very funny, even if you don't know who they're talking about, because especially uh, closer to the end here, I would say like episode 100 and 100 to probably one i think they they have 140 i think they just they kind of there's a lot more talk about like police academy and like jean-claude van damme movies and like the fast and the furious films and things like this so it's uh it's a very entertaining show but uh yeah so that's bitter marks if you're interested and these are actually like their their tag is it's a it's a non-wrestling wrestling show because they none of them like wrestling anymore like they all used to be huge fans and some of them actually used to you know wrestle and uh uh one of the guys actually uh peewee he is uh a, 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 a ref still which he just got back into but anyway that's bitter marks if you want to check it out this show flips and bumps and uh, that's episode number 42 that I was on, if you're interested and if you want to just hear more of my sexy voice. But if you are interested in doing this, because it's it's something fun to and it's challenging too, going out and like buying, you know, like going to Goodwill or something like that. Or again, going to a garage sale, trying to find something that, you know, you could buy for two dollars and then you can go on eBay and kind of look it up. And it's like, wow, people are are paying like 60 to 70 dollars for these things. So I'm not going to get into my sales. Uh, if you if you're interested, though, like I, I do talk about it on that show. So, again, that's Flips and Bumps podcast uh, that there is also uh, the, the YouTube video for it, which is just type in Flips and Bumps podcast, I believe. And it should take it take you to that. And uh, again, it's episode 42. And then just a heads up, if you do check that episode out, I'm just kind of uh, covering for those guys. The episode has some editing or not editing some audio issues. And that was my fault just because. Uh, my program didn't link up with theirs or I couldn't download it in time. So they had to, they, they went back in production and did a lot of editing to, to make it sound how it does. And it sounds good, but you can tell there's a lot of overlap. So if you listen, me and Sasha and I are not being rude and cutting Pee Wee out or talking over him. That's just the way it's edited. So it sounds like we just keep talking until, you know, before he's finished. But anyway, um, so yeah, check that out. <laughs> 
if you'd like. Okay, so let's move on. All right, so like I said before in the intro, I came across in our, an article on Screen Rant, and this is from earlier this year, and it was called Parks and Rec, 10 Storylines the Show Dropped. So I read over these 10, and um, so I'll read you what they have for each episode, or not each episode, for uh, for the 10 instances, and then I will just uh, share my thoughts on that, see if maybe it was a storyline that needed to be dropped, or maybe it was one that didn't need to continue, which those two things mean the same thing. Um, or if it was one that was just, um, yeah, like, like maybe me as a fan, it's just like, oh, come on. Like, why, why, why didn't they do that? Maybe I just, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. So let's, uh, let's go. So again, real quick, this article was by Ian Goodwillie and it's on screen rant from April of last year. So I'm just going to quote some of the stuff here. So, um, real quick, just the, the little recap of that they give you uh, before they give you the list. And yeah, this is uh, like I just said, it's some things that maybe were, uh, and you know, you can also call them plot holes. That's another popular word for this. Or um, when something is retconned, like when they just kind of drop an idea and it's like, all right, let's just start over. Let's pretend that didn't happen. So, okay. Number 10, how the town merger played out. Quote, in season six, Leslie was in the midst of her impeachment battle when something huge happened. The town of Eagleton, Pawnee's mortal enemy, was on the verge of a full economic apocalypse. Leslie formulated a plan to save them by reincorporating them back into Pawnee. This wasn't well received by many people on either side, so the Unity concert was held to promote solidarity. But the aftermath of all this was never explored. There was a time jump after the concert, leaving fans to assume that everything worked out. End quote. All right. So, yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. But in my opinion, I didn't even think of that. I don't, did, did anyone else? Uh, and you know what? Some of these things, actually, there's, there's probably a lot on this list that we never thought about because it just wasn't a big deal. So I kind of think that's how this one is. Um, but they are correct, though. We didn't get to see, you know, maybe we, we saw when they did the merger right away. But, yeah, we never got to see life. So this, this is kind of interesting. And yeah, when they did that time jump of three years, which is still kind of, I don't know, I still don't, but for me, it just seemed like they did a three-year time jump just because they didn't want to show Leslie and Ben with the kids growing up with them. They just made it easier uh, for, for everyone. And it's like, all right, let's just hire, you know, three and four-year-old kids instead of having to have babies. But anyway, yeah, so, hmm. That would have been kind of interesting to see. I would have liked to see because we got to know a lot of the of the Eagletonians, some really, really funny characters. And I wish we would have gotten to see a little more of them in season seven. But again, it, this was just focused more on Leslie versus Ron and Leslie trying to get the the, the new Portland for uh, her for the national park she wanted to build. And then Leslie just being there, you know, on the, the <clears throat> on the national parks uh, res or next national parks association i don't know we'll go with that so all right um number nine andy didn't seem to have a job in washington dc quote throughout the course of the series andy dwyer went through an insane evolution he went from living in a pit to being the most popular children's entertainer in town with his own tv show that's quite an arc but as the series came to a close april got a job in washington dc and they moved together 
But even after the time jump, it was never made clear what Andy was doing with his life. And someone like Andy with too much free time on his hands is not a good thing. End quote. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of weird because they did. We knew he was doing Johnny Karate when they were. It's kind of confusing, actually. April and Andy, I believe. Yeah, they were in Pawnee for all of season seven. So we never did we in their flash forward. I can't remember if. Because April and April and Ben, I'm sorry, Leslie and Ben eventually moved back to Pawnee. And I believe April and Andy came with them. I don't remember. Because we do see in season seven when uh, they or, or, or during the flash forward episode, I'm sorry for the, the, the final episode episode, the final episode, one last ride. We do see April and Andy go over to Leslie and Ben's for Halloween. And that's when Andy's really bummed out that. April doesn't want to have kids. So they're together, like they're living close at that point. So I don't remember if that was in Washington or if that was actually in Pawnee. So, but anyway, uh, what I'm getting at them, them showing us that Andy didn't have much of a career in Washington or he had nothing to do. That's only for the one episode. I think they showed that because as far as what we saw all the way, the Johnny karate explosion episode was the third to last episode. So we got to see him having a job for almost the entire run of the show. So in the final two, uh, the final two episodes, yeah, you know what? Come to think of it, they did in season seven when they were, uh, yeah. I'm so confused by this. Never mind. That is not. I was going to talk about when he was. There was uh, the episode when he, or a couple episodes where he kept. He was like hanging out at Tom's Bistro a lot. And he was kind of helping Tom go through the Lucy stuff because she was still with her boyfriend, um, Conrad. Um, so, yeah, actually, I don't I don't know. I just don't think they showed they gave us enough time of Andy not working in Washington for us to be like, man, like, I can't believe they didn't give him something to do because I never really thought of that. I mean, you knew when he was leaving the Johnny Karate show, like because that's why April felt so bad that she was taking him from this job. And by the way, the job that I still don't understand, he made almost nothing doing. That makes no sense to me. It, and it's it's funny that Andy's an idiot, but I just don't believe that April would allow something like this to happen. And and I'm what I'm talking about is just the episode where Tom becomes Andy's agent for a day, and you find out that Andy only makes a hundred dollars a week on this. This is the biggest show in Pawnee. I mean, like, you know what it reminds me of? This is a really, really deep cut. Has anyone seen the movie UHF with Weird Al Yankovic? It's an 80s movie, and it is, it's one of my favorite comedies. Still holds up, in my opinion, but it is stupid. I, I, I can see why a lot of people don't like this movie, but I think it's absolutely hy hysterical. But um, there's a show on that movie, because the movie is about a TV station, that like a failing TV station. And there's a show on there called Stanley Spadowski's Playhouse or Clubhouse. And that character is played by Michael Richards, uh, which is who's Kramer from Seinfeld. And it's just the show just blows up and it gets insane, like over overnight. Like you got if you if you know what I'm talking about or if you've seen the movie, you'll understand. But that's how the Johnny Karate show is like. It's beloved. But it just, you know, like when he's having his argument with Dax, Dax Shepard's character, uh, Hank Montauk. You're you're when when Tom's talking about it, he's like, oh, he makes a hundred bucks a week and 
or no, Andy tells him this, and, and I drive everyone around. I pick everyone up before and after, or before work. I drop them off after work. I clean up, da da da. So it's a pretty sweet gig, you know. It's it's stupid, like I don't know. I just thought it was kind of dumb writing. It just, it, I I don't. This wouldn't be allowed to happen. But anyway, yeah. To sorry to get off on that uh, that rant there, but yeah, I just don't really think they showed us enough of Andy being unproductive, you know, or not having a job that we're. Yeah, really concerned about that. So I don't know. That one's kind of a shot in the dark, I guess. Number eight, the future president of the United States. Quote, Parks and Rec might have had the best series finale of all time. It effectively showed what each of the main characters were up to several years later, demonstrating that they stayed close, even though they followed their own paths. But a scene at Jerry Gergich's funeral raised one huge question. It was heavily implied at that moment that either Ben or Leslie had become president of the United States. That plot thread was left dangling and was never fully resolved. End quote. This is absolutely one of my favorite things about the show. That is definitely a plot hole. Where the, or No, that's actually, I'm sorry, that's not a plot hole. That is like a the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers to end a show with that... Um, just it being up in the air like that. And I have talked about this a couple times throughout the, you know, the other, the past episodes, Ben is the one that does have the American flag lapel. And now it, it's, you know, like common knowledge that the president usually does wear that. So you would think it is Ben. However, after looking it up, it doesn't necessarily mean that, it has to be the president, but it could be high ranking officials or maybe, you know, like vice presidents, past presidents, whatever. But actually, wouldn't that be awesome if Leslie and Ben were pr uh, president and vice president? I mean, actually, that'd probably be insane. But yeah, I I, I mean, like, I definitely do think because some people are, are still like, well, are, you know, is one of them president? How do we know that? And I'm just going off of the context clues in that scene where they're both standing and they have secret service or what appears to be secret service men, like four of them, four or five of them surrounding Ben, Ben and Leslie, you know, like two on the one on each side and then two behind them. And then maybe even one in front and they have that the earpieces and one of them leans in and says, I can't remember if he says, sir, but he leans in and he's like, it's time to go. But like he looks at Ben, but then he also looks over to Leslie right after. So he looks at both of them, says it's time to go. And then they both kind of like nod and they're like, okay, so you don't know. I, if you, if you ask me, I would think I, I just based on the pin, which I said that, that that doesn't mean it, but also the fact that the, um, the secret service guy, the implied secret service guy does turn his head and say it to Ben first. I think Ben is actually the president. So, sorry. <laughs> I, um, I know uh, it, it's kind of a big thing for Leslie. It, actually, it doesn't matter. That's just what I think based on the clues. I mean, like, you know, if I would love it if Leslie became president. And I almost wish they would have shown us that, though, or if they would have just made it to where, yes, this is what happened. However... I am 1000% fine, like I said, with how they did this. I, I actually, um, I really, I, I, I loved it, to be honest with you. So that was a good one. But yes, absolutely. That was left dangling for us to just kind of wonder for the rest of our lives. <laughs> so that's actually an awesome one. Number seven, Ben and Leslie's impromptu wedding. 
Quote, Following the journey of Ben and Leslie as they went from adversaries to husband and wife was at the core storylines of the series. Once that story got rolling, Parks and Rec finally found its voice and truly became must-watch TV. Their wedding got pushed forward by a few months, though, when they realized that they couldn't wait any longer. The weird part was there was never any discussion of how their families felt about being cut out of such an important day in the lives of their kids. End quote. If this is the only thing they're talking about was just the backlash from their families, this is kind of a stupid one. Because, uh, and it's like, I don't know. There's uh, this was an this was an excellent episode, Leslie and Ben. It's it's a it's a really good one. So I loved how they did that, and they even talk about it on in the episode. You know, Leslie's like, or but one of them when they say let's get married now and i think it's leslie she's like well what about our families we you know what about them and ben's like who cares so they get married that night they honestly obviously don't care and after this episode oh yeah you do well you no all right so yeah we know that when we meet ben ben's parents who are hilarious we do know that at that point they uh leslie and ben hadn't gotten married yet because this is like the the uh the engagement party so, yeah, we, do, I don't, I don't think we, no, we don't see their parents again. I don't believe we see Leslie's mom after this. And I, and I don't think we see Ben's parents either. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, we don't see any of their family after, after they do get married. So, I mean, like, why even waste the time, like mentioning like, oh, you know, like, does it have to show them walking down the hallway? Like, Hey, Ben, so what'd your parents think about us getting married and not inviting them? Oh, they weren't happy, Leslie. How about your mom? Oh, she wasn't either. End scene. I don't know. Who cares? This, this one's dumb. Okay. Uh, number six. Leslie's disappearing mother, speaking of which. Quote, the one person who should have had a lot to say about her only child suddenly being married was Leslie's mother, Marlene Griggs Nope. Leslie lost her father at a young age and was an only child, so all she and Marlene had for a long time were each other. Marlene was a key recurring character for a time, but her final appearance was in Season 5, Episode 6 at Ben and Leslie's wedding shower. Okay, so that's what I just said. She was mentioned a couple times after that, but she never showed up again, and her absence was never explained or discussed. End quote. I... Again, I don't think this needs to be explained. I don't think she she was not a main character on the show. She was recurring. I believe she was in trying to go off a of memory from IMDb because I'm always on that page. She was in between five and 10 episodes. So it was nothing extravagant out of 124 episodes. 10 episodes is like a blip, you know, and the there was the, the the one episode where she met Ben, you know, that was kind of centered around her because she was trying to get the school buses. But other than that, a lot of her appearances are, you know, the Valentine's Day ones where she's just there. But actually, the first Valentine's Day was kind of important because Leslie got that guy Frank to come to her. But I I don't. This is another one. This I mean, these are all they're all relevant. All all of these points. But I just think that whoever wrote this article, uh, this 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 guy who I mentioned before, it was maybe grasping at straws and just needs some. We never found out what happened to Leslie's mom. We never cared what happened to Leslie's mom. We just assumed Leslie's mom was living her life. Like, I don't think there was at any point after I, the last time I saw Leslie's mom that I was like, I wonder what Marlene Griggs Nope is, is up to. So maybe that's just me and I'm not trying to sound like bitter, but I just, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't think that was, so 
at least enough to write an article about. Number five, no follow-up on Ben's half-brother. Interesting. Quote, Ben's mother and father, on the other hand, only popped up once. And this also happened in conjunction with Marlene's final appearance in episode <laughs> season five, episode six. I did not know we were going to keep talking about this episode. Sorry, I didn't. I, I kind of I looked at the titles for these, the, all 10 of them, but I didn't really read through them. So I didn't realize that all three of these were going to be based on around Leslie and Ben's wedding. Sorry about that. It was in this episode that Ben's father dropped the bombshell that he was having another kid with his new girlfriend. The fact that Ben was suddenly and unexpectedly a half-brother never comes up again after the episode, which seems quite odd. That being said, his full sister only appears in one episode, and his full brother only receives the briefest of mentions, end quote. Okay, so yeah, we did see his sister in the episode where he went back to Partridge, Minnesota, played by Anna, Annabelle, Annabeth, Annabeth Gish. It's either Annabelle or Annabeth. But um, yeah, so she was in the one episode. To be honest with you, right now, I can't even think of when he mentions a brother, a full brother. Maybe in that episode, I don't know, or maybe in the, the one. But yeah, then um, that is true because his dad and his dad's fiance, is it? What did it say? His uh... Sorry, I can't remember if this is just his dad's girlfriend or... Um... Yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. They, yeah, they, they had mentioned that they were pregnant. So yeah, I guess that that's kind of, hmm, that's kind of important. But as we know how this show skimmed through some stuff, again, just having the, the, the three-year jump really unexpectedly. I know they just wanted to kind of get things going, but I feel like the show could have just still ended, but in 2015 when it should have been, you know, instead of jumping to 2017. But anyway, um, yeah, so I guess, we don't, we don't really hear about Ben's half brother because he is a bit upset about that or not upset when he hears it, but yeah, maybe a bit, well, taken aback definitely because his dad, who's probably about 70 is having a baby with, you know, a mid thirties woman, uh, woman. So I don't know. It's yeah, it's true. We don't hear about him, but not that important. If you ask me for, uh, number four, was the Harvest Festival a one-off event? Quote, The end of season two featured some big changes for Pawnee. Financial troubles forced the shutdown of the municipal government for three months, sending the park's crew in different directions. When they came back in season three, Leslie decided to make some big moves. She and her teammates resurrected the long-dormant Harvest Festival, a major project that helped right the ship. Tens of thousands of people attended the event. The weird part was that the festival appeared to be a one-off as follow-up iterations were never mentioned, end quote. See, I don't think that's true, though, because right after the Harvest Festival, that's when the current city manager, uh, the guy Paul um, Iresco, I believe his last name is, he's the guy that has the heart attack and puts his hand on Leslie's boob. But anyway, right when the Harvest Festival ends... I, you know, I, I think that was just like a weekend thing. So obviously it was a one-off, but it's, you know what? Okay. I, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. What I guess what they're getting at, but um, yeah, he does. Cause right after the harvest festival. So it's definitely acknowledged, like it's, it's acknowledged in the next episode. So it wasn't a one-off as far as the episode goes. And then also 
Well, the festival itself was one episode, but I did. Yeah, that was a great storyline because there were seven, six episodes that led up to that. And then it, um, you know, they did it. So I, but I guess what maybe they're talking about is why don't we in future seasons see at around the same time Harvest Festival? Because it looks like they brought it back. However, Leslie never did say we're bringing this back for good, but you would think after the success of that, they would, it would be an annual thing again. So this is a good point actually. Yeah. Like whatever happened to the harvest festival. And for as much as they mention irrelevant things like just Easter eggs and kind of uh, how they want to keep running story, you know, running jokes going, it does seem like, yeah, they, maybe they should have at some point at least mentioned the harvest festival. Like, Oh, Hey, uh, that, well, don't forget the harvest festival. They didn't have to go back and show them at it or doing it again. However, you kind of think that the they, the parks crew would definitely since they, yeah, this would this probably would have been a tough one actually to to go back to because yeah you would think Leslie and her team would be spearheading it so it's like if they had to show this every year, which would probably be fun for the show if it was like Harvest Fest one, Harvest Fest two, or Harvest Fest two thousand ten, Harvest Fest two thousand eleven. That that might have been a, a funny concept actually, but that's no different than doing like a, a Christmas episode you know, or a Halloween episode, you do it every year. So if they had to do a harvest fest one every year, um, it, I, I think I still think it'd be funny, but yeah, I guess I can understand why they just moved on from that. And, um, like I said, Leslie, when they, when they originally pitched this one, it's not like she said, Hey, we want to get this thing. We want to get this thing going again. We want to, we want to make it an, an annual thing. She was just talking about that year, you know, and it was a way to bring money into the town. And, um, so, yeah, that, that one's actually, that's a, that's a really interesting fact that something that was that big for the town that looked like it was going to be a staple was never mentioned again. So that's a good one. And since it happens in season three, we had four seasons after that for them to show us, you know, more of the Harvest Fest. So, all right. <clears throat> Number three, this one's interesting, actually. The documentary never came out, if there even was one. Quote, Parks and Rec was originally conceived as a spinoff of the American version of The Office. By the halfway point of season two, that concept had become, had been mostly abandoned and Parks and Rec started doing its own thing. One aspect that remained, though, was the documentary style format. But on The Office, the documentary eventually came out. That never happened on Parks and Rec. Who was filming all of this and why was this never revealed? This was odd. <clears throat> Sorry, this was odd in the case of Ron Swanson, as he would have really needed a really good reason to allow this invasion of privacy. Even more strange was the fact that there was no explanation as to why there was a three-year gap in the filming. And quote, this one's really, really interesting. And, I, and I've thought about this, but I think it's one of the things as a fan of Parks and Rec, you do realize that, that yes, in the beginning, this seems very, very similar to The Office, the way it's shot. Uh, the, the comedy is very dry and also season one of Parks and Rec is very similar to season or not season one. The very first episode, the pilot episodes of both shows are similar because they're just they're very like drab kind of the tone is very and the and that's one thing about The Office that is very consistent is the tone is very like it's like earth tones, a lot of brown and tan and, and, you know, that's the color of the office, but also just a lot of the, no one wears flashy colors except maybe like Kelly Kapoor, uh, Pam, maybe every once in a while, but mostly they just, everyone wears regular suits and ties. 
So, um, yeah, with with what the heck? What am I talking about? Why did he even get on that tangent? Like comparing that's okay. All right. So yes, yeah, saying saying that the third the pilot episodes were similar. So yeah, that was, and then them also the way they were promoting Parks and Rec was making it seem like it was going to be a spin off of the uh, spin off of the Office. And when Parks and Rec started, it was filmed the exact same way. So it's like, okay, uh, what what's going on here? What you know? And even in the Office, we get some hints early on, but it's like in the later seasons where we really where they start interacting with with uh, the the camera crew, and we start realizing that like mostly in season nine, it's like okay, we're we're probably gonna get to actually see this thing get wrapped up. And then sure enough, or actually, no, you get to see that earlier uh, when Michael leaves in season seven, when he actually takes his his recorder off, which was cool because I, I don't think that was the first time they did it. But it was it was cool seeing that because us as fans had always been wondering what are they what's going on here? And in Parks and Rec, yeah, it's filmed the same way. And I know this they, they do this with a lot of shows now, but another one was Modern Family. And I think Modern Family's done or if it, is it still going i don't remember but they also shoot it like this where they do the talking heads now what's going on with that show if it is done so like who are they talking to and why and that's a really good point in this one though about ron swanson why would he just like especially like a camera crew however i mean we've seen him in front of cameras you know on jones show and whatnot and then probably just being filmed at the harvest festival you know by the local news people and whatnot but yeah, this is just, it's a really good point that he would want to know what the hell is going on. Where is this footage going? What are they doing with it? He's getting, you know, a lot of his vital information has been displayed for us, at least as the viewer, because of things that we've seen by these camera crews. And they don't change the way of filming or anything as the seasons go on. They still do the talking heads, making it seem like they're being interviewed. So that's a really good point there. I like that one. Number two, Tammy Two's ultimate fate. Quote, more than Ron's ex-wife, Tammy Two was a force of nature. Leslie seemed to be one of the few people who knew how to defeat her machinations. At one point, she physically fought Tammy Two to a standstill in defense of Ron and Diane. But what happened to Tammy Two wasn't really discussed in the series finale. She popped up in the Parks and Rec pandemic reunion special, so, fan, so fans know she's still alive and stalking Ron, but she's the type of person that the police should be perpetually monitoring. All right, well, maybe they are perpetually monitoring her now because Ron, maybe if they called the police on her after he caught her. However, I think he did say we were going to like bring her into the woods and release her, <laughs> which was pretty funny. And if you're unfamiliar with uh, what they're talking about there, in the pandemic special, Ron and uh, Tammy, too, were the only two characters from the show who appeared on screen together because, you know, because of COVID. So everyone was filming in different locations. But since these two are married in real life, it was actually really, really clever. And I remember I actually like got excited for that when I watched the episode. That was probably my favorite part about the episode was just like, oh, my gosh, they, you know, they, they brought Tammy, too. And that was that was awesome. It was so perfect how they did that. But, yeah, she was stalking Ron and. He had her tied up and he's like, oh, we're going to look who look who else I found. And she was just sitting on the ground behind him with her hands tied up and she had a gag in her mouth. Her fate, though, I don't I don't know. I just I don't really think this is she, she's obviously a very popular character. But like, 
what happened with Pert Hapley? You know, like what happened with Sean of Alway Tweet? Those are also like very popular characters that it's like we don't know the actually no, that's that's incorrect. Shauna got married to Bobby Newport, so we at least got a little little clarity there. But like uh yeah, like Joan Calamezzo. Like I mean, you know, they we we do know she in the pandemic special, she's she's still doing uh her show, so she's still a reporter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it, that's that's kind of interesting, but I never really thought about it because because uh, they showed her in the very final episode, <laughs> the the Parks and Rec, the pandemic special. And then she did not appear in season seven. I, I'm pretty sure she didn't. Yeah, because her last episode was the um, the Unity concert one. Uh, what the heck is that called? One in no uh, moving up. Uh, the two-part episode so that's yeah that's tammy two's last episode before the pandemic special so uh, yeah i guess i just didn't really think about it but it, it her not knowing her fate to me is no like i said it's no different than not knowing exactly like where Perd Havley ended up you know so okay and number one the curious case of mark brandanowicz this one's very popular Quote, in seasons one and two, one of the show's main characters was Mark Brandanowicz, a city planner Leslie had a crush on. He and Ann Perkins quickly developed a romance that was essentially a copy of Jim and Pam on The Office. At the end of season two, Ann suddenly dumped Mark and he left his job with the Pawnee government. His last appearance was in the season two finale. Finale. In theory, he continued to work in Pawnee, but he was literally never mentioned again, not even in the series finale. It was weird that he played such an important role early on, but vanished without a trace after that. So I've talked, uh, end quote, sorry. So I've talked about this many, many times, what happened with him. And again, the, um, the, the actor, Paul Schneider, did not like the way that his character was being written because in season two, he just became more like he's Anne's boyfriend. That's kind of what he turned into as opposed to being Mark Brandanowicz. Now it's, and eh, he's, he's just Anne's boyfriend because- he was fine. I mean, he he got more likable as a as a person, but his character was just was dull and was kind of pathetic and was like whining a lot and and you know just needed so much validation from Anne about them being in a relationship. So I I, I kind of started to like sour on his character, so I wasn't really upset when he left, but I did like him, and uh, so I'm, I'm the show changed for the better when they brought in Ben and Chris. But I, again, I, I always did like Mark and I really wish they would have brought him back. So I agree with this one 100% that it is kind of, kind of bullshit that they just, they never even mentioned him again. And the only semblance of that character ever existing that you get is the painting that's on Ron's wall of the guy sitting in the park on the bench that he made in the episode, the camel. So it's kind of cool. And I love that, that, that they keep that up throughout the tenure of the show um, but yeah, I, it, it just not having Mark back, which, which leads me to believe that that breakup was probably a little worse than, than they, you know, than they talk about, maybe they just don't want to make a big deal out of it, but it kind of makes me seem that, yeah, he left on bad terms or, um, yeah, or maybe they just, cause they had talked about how they wanted to bring him back at one point or at a few points, because it doesn't make sense that. I mean, if they weren't going to bring him back, they could have just been like, yeah, he's moving to California or something like that. He's moving to Illinois even. I don't know. But 
they say he's gonna he's still gonna live in Pawnee. He's just going to work for a different company. So yeah, it's kind of weird that he's. I, I just mm, I don't know. I I think there there's got to be something deeper than that than you know scheduling conflicts or whatever because you didn't even you wouldn't even have to write an episode about Mark. You could have. Now, granted, if he did show up, I think people would have. You you couldn't just have him. Well, you maybe you could. You maybe you could have had him just at JJ's diner or something in like a quick two to three minute scene with like him and Leslie just catching up, and that's it. You know, it doesn't have to be like weird, like when Dave comes to town and he's trying to break her and her and Ben up. Wouldn't have to be like that. It could literally just be them catching up, and and we'd be totally fine with that because. They besides when Mark was drunk, he never had any interest in Leslie. So like we wouldn't want it to go down that weird road where he comes back and it's like, I still love you. You know, that that unnecessary, unbelievable, um, like something like that. So um, yeah. So I don't know. That's that's pretty much what I have gathered from these 10 things. I don't know. What do you think about the list? Let me know. <clears throat> because that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Remember, if you'd like to contact the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can reach me. You can also like and follow on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast and at parksrecmemes. New episodes drop every Wednesday morning and can be heard wherever you get your podcasts now. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll see you at the Glitter Factory. Chris Traeger goes on to work at Michigan University. Go Blue!